Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Kristen, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Today, I have a great conversation with Kate, who's a former pastor. She is a leadership and life coach, and let me tell you, we dig into her story when she found herself in a place where she was struggling in her work environment and how she made that change. And really, we're going to get into how do we really know ourselves, what we stand for, our values, what's our purpose, and then how do we live life from that place of purpose instead of chasing other things like success or more, right? To just get more. So I cannot wait for you to dig into this conversation. I think you're going to get so much out of it and you'll be going to be able to apply some of these life learnings and lessons to your own life as well. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Kate Petrie. She is a former pastor, a life and leadership coach, and the podcast host of Strong and Free Leaders. She is coming to us from Alberta, Canada, and I'm so excited to have a conversation today around stepping into something new, transitioning when we find ourselves in a place or a job or an environment that isn't working for us any longer. So I think you're going to get so much out of this episode, and I can't wait to share her story and some tips with you. Welcome, Kate. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, so good. So can you first start with just telling us a little bit about, you know, what is your backstory? You know, how did you even step into being a pastor? And then how did that lead you into what you're doing now? How I stepped into being a pastor is I resisted God leading me that way for a really long time until I just straight up couldn't (laughs) resist it anymore. I'd had a bunch of different jobs. I actually went to university for meteorology uh, and that didn't work out for me and it was bouncing all over the place and I kept feeling God leading me to different things like go to bible school here do this and along the way I was like that's fine as long as I don't have to be a pastor and I even got my credentials as a pastor saying that's fine I'll take that step of obedience as long as I don't have to be a pastor and eventually I just couldn't resist it anymore. I, I knew that I wanted to minister to people and pastor people. And so it's like, all right, I guess I will work at a church. And so that's what I did. I worked at a church here in Canada for five years as the youth and kids pastor. And I loved serving those families. I loved hanging out with the kids and the students. I loved the volunteer team that we had and working with them. All of that was fantastic. And so there were so many things that I loved about working there. But I really struggled with the dynamics that were going on behind the scenes. And part of that is that I had been believing a lie in my own life that my voice didn't matter. And I was looking for authorities around me to like tell me that I, it did matter, that my voice did matter, that it was significant. And God knew that I needed to trust him with that. I have this in like retrospect. I didn't know it at the time. So it was a really big wrestle. And eventually what happened is that some of what I experienced there, some of the things that were said about me were so not true that it kind of shocked me into going, oh, you know, some of these people are wrong about me. Oh, like, why am I, why am I looking for the value in my voice and my own significance from them? Like, I need to be getting this from God. Like, it just sort of shocked me into that. And it was a very difficult experience, but God wanted me to come out going like, no, no, (laughs) you're getting your value from me. Um, And so that's when I started going, okay, hold on. Like, am I stay, am I going to stick it out here? Should I be going? I'm a very loyal personality. And I knew that God had called me to work at that church. And so in my head, that's forever. 
that like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for the long term. And God didn't speak to me directly about a lot of things during all of that wrestle. But I remember sitting at a conference that the church was putting on and it, the band was rehearsing before the doors were going to open. And I was just sitting there and I felt God say to me, Hey, this isn't it. This isn't it. And it just sort of released for me, like, oh, I don't have to be here forever. This was like a step along the way. And once I sort of had all that information, then I was able to kind of go, okay, it's time to move on. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So let's talk about that. I know at some point we'll, we'll talk about what you're doing now and how that's still related, but uh, you know, a little bit of a, a new area, but tell us you know, so you definitely, like you said, you were kind of struggling with not believing or trusting in yourself enough. And so you were looking for this external validation from other people, which caused some of that tension. So tell us, when did you, what were sort of the signs that were happening that you realized like something's not right here, or I need to change something. And what did that look like? Like, what were you for myself or for the environment for myself, for yourself in that environment? Oh, well, I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. I would often walk out of meetings, uh, like, you know, walk out and then walk around the corner and pick up the phone and call someone in tears. I, I, I mean, you know, on a Sunday morning, a pastor should be out connecting with their team and um, teaching somewhere probably. And I had lots of different rooms with kids and students that I would float around every Sunday morning. And normally I would, but in the most difficult times, there was one Sunday morning where I was so overwhelmed and stressed and fearful in that environment that I was upstairs in a room, sitting down, crouched down behind the door. It was an empty room and just crying. And I just couldn't. So basically I was complete disaster is the answer to that question, but it started with like some anxiety. And it started with me wondering, like, uh, uh, I just didn't understand what was going on around me or in me. And, and that's really the sign for me that like something was off. Right. And so how did you take all of that going, what was going on, right? You were in this environment that was not working, right? It was, it was giving you all this stress, this anxiety, overwhelm, you know, you felt, you know, for a lack of a better word, either you're being people being critical of you or attacked, whatever, whatever it was. Right. But there was like this, this tension. So what did you do with that? Like, how did you make a transition from that environment and then figuring out what's next? Yeah. Well, I had some people guiding me that, that were really helpful. Some who um, worked there alongside me, some who had nothing to do with that particular church and had an outside perspective. And I'm really thankful for that. Um, honestly, I wrestled so long. Like what I want to do is tell you how, what I wish I did. (laughs) What I wish I did is that I, I wish I had the ability to, in those times to sort of step back and go, what am, what am I bringing into this? Like understand the dynamics of the situation. So what am I bringing into this? What are they bringing into this in terms of behavior or emotions or even skill sets or even Mm -hmm. values? Like, um, I didn't realize until maybe a year after I stopped working there that part of the problem was probably that maybe we have some different values. And and so that was part of the clash as well. Um, but understanding the dynamics of what's going on and stepping out of it mm-hmm. and being able to say, okay, like, is this something that I can adjust to? Is this something that um, 
I need them to adjust in order to stay? Is this something that just overall, like, this has been a great learning experience. It's time to move on. But stepping back and looking at the dynamics without the emotions pulling you. And I had a lot of fear pulling me, which made it really hard to do that. Um, Does that answer your question? It does. You know, and so I've definitely, you know, heard people say that if you're, you find yourself in a situation, right, where there's something going on that you're, it's not working. They say, you know, there's like three choices, right? You can change it, right? So you can be vocal and try to make a change that you will work for you or you in the group, or you can accept it, right? You can come to terms with whatever it is you're wrestling with, or you can leave it, right? So it's kind of like we have choice, right? We have power in these these things we're walking through. And, you know, so I think the point was that for a long time, you couldn't accept it because you weren't, you weren't even processing all of it. And that's right. You didn't feel like you could actually change it. And so eventually you left it. But I think what I heard you say is had you had some perspective you now have, then you may have been able to make some changes or, and also accept like, wait a minute, I, I have more value than I realized I can bring more to the table and maybe they can. We're just very different. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, okay, so then, so you left this, um, you left the position at the church. How, how did you then step into what you're doing now? Like, was that a long process? Did it take a while to kind of figure that out or was it like quick for you? So what did that look like? How did you, you know, what was your process like to get to the coaching and the leadership and the podcast. So when I left the church, I had not the slightest clue what I was going to do. So it's not like I was had another job lined up and was ready to go. I left because I knew I needed to leave. Mm-hmm. And then I took a big break. Like I took a six week vacation. Um, I stayed with people who had cottages and access to the mountains and just went for six weeks and did no work and really tried to separate myself from what I had gone through in the last couple of years. Um, So that was really helpful, really good for me. That's what I needed in that season. And then I started applying to churches. And I would go to interview at one church and maybe I would get a job offer for them. But for whatever reason, I knew that it wasn't I I wasn't going to succeed there for one reason or another. And then I'd go to another church and I think they were awesome and I could rock that. And for whatever reason, I wasn't the right fit for them. And so Mm -hmm. I did that for a few months. So I left my job in the summer of 2019, left working at the church in the summer of 2019. And we're going to go all the way through to January, 2020, where now I'm starting to go, why can't I find a church that's the right fit? Like, why isn't this working? I'm I'm getting job offers, but I know that I know that it's not a good idea to go there. Like, what's what's going on? So I'm starting to wrestle. Um, at this point, God told me to write a book, and I was like, "What? <laughs> uh, okay." And then I was scrolling through Instagram one day, and there was uh, someone that I follow was offering a, a coaching credentialing program, and I clicked on the link to apply for it, thinking nothing of it, like cool. That sounds fun. I'd love to learn more about that. And then I got an interview to participate in it. And then I got to go and do the program. So in March of 2020, (laughs) I started uh, a coaching certification program and I am not a business person. I don't know. This is not helpful to your listeners, but I don't know the first thing (laughs) about running a business. Uh, This is, uh, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing on the business side of things, but coaching 
is very similar to what I was doing as a pastor. Mm -hmm. And that piece, I was like, oh, I've been doing this for a long time. Like, oh, I, I know how to do this. And so by the summer of 2020, I had now become a certified coach, actually moved across the country and um, sort of started life fresh, building out this coaching business from scratch, from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that went. That's so good. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, I'm going to have to look this up later and maybe I'll add it to the the end of this episode, but there is an author. I have his book right behind me somewhere, but I can't think of his name for sure. And I don't want to get it wrong, but he talks about a lot of times we work in, I think he calls it shadow career. It's like our shadow career. So what it is, is we, or if you think about it, it's like job adjacent. So for instance, a book editor, right? Might actually really be someone that's supposed to step into being an author. So much like being in ministry in an actual church, you still have, you know, your ministry in a different way, but you're still using those same skills. Right. And so a lot of times I think the path we find ourselves on is not that it's not right. And of course, you know, there's experiences and maybe we were supposed to be there at that time. But I think a lot of times though, it's really just preparing us for something that looks like it. But at, at the time, that's the only thing we knew. That's right. Right. Like yeah. you, didn't even know you could coach in a similar capacity to being in ministry in an actual church, probably at one point. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so right. I think a lot of times I think sometimes when we're starting to not know what the next thing is, we need to look at, well, what's right around or similar skills or similar type of work that might be a better fit, but it's still, you know, has a similar passion or pull for us. So I think that that's one thing that we can look at when that's when that's going on for us. Yeah, that's the advantage of really knowing um, who you are, who God's created you to be, and that idea of like having a purpose in that in all of that. Uh, it helps you go. It helps you to recognize, like, oh, I, oh, I, I was already coaching. Like, I, this is just like a new label, and I certainly gained a lot of skills when I went through the program. But that idea that, um, like, I think we've talked about this, like who you are matters because it's going to influence how you serve people mm-hmm. uh, and what steps you take um, in your life and in making career decisions and, and all of that. Like, yeah, that's really how God has guided me is h- how has God created me and, and, and purposed me to serve others. That's That's been a really um, like a guidepost for me in terms of making decisions about my career. Mm. Yeah, so good. And I do want to step back on one thing that we you sort of mentioned earlier, which is when you were at that at the church where you know you maybe didn't have the confidence, right, or the belief or whatever in you know that you your voice really had equal or at least similar value to the people that you worked with. Was there anything now looking back that you might say, well, here's some things if you find yourself in an environment where Maybe you're younger than the other people. Maybe you're newer at the job. And so maybe you do feel like, well, I don't know, right? You don't have the confidence or you don't have the belief that your voice matters or that you could have good ideas, even though you might not be the boss or you might not be, you know, so, or like you're a new coach. So what, is there anything you would just tell people that they can apply or things they could think about, you know, even if it's perception, right? Like you were sort of saying, step away from it. You know, so is there anything that you might share with us there? Um, I would say first, 
before you're worried about your your voice mattering or how you're fitting in with the organization that you're working with, first go and make sure that that's settled with God. Because that will just clear out of the way any sort of personal stuff that you're bringing to the team. And it will also clear your perspective. You won't be blinded by your own insecurities or your own pride, whatever that is. And then you can come to the team. And now it's about serving that team rather than needing to find your value from that team. So that's a very different position to be coming from. And so then when you're serving the team, like simply... I. I, I work from the mindset of people first to so like get to know the people around you. What are their strengths? What are their personalities like? What are some ways that you can support them? What are some ways that um, maybe if you <laughs> say something a certain way, that particular person might take it the wrong way? Like just learning the dynamics of the team around you. And if you go ahead and do that from a spot where you're genuinely there to serve them and to help them, um, people respond really, really well to that. And they'll do the same for you. Um, but in order for us to genuinely be able to do that, we have to first be finding our, our place with God so that we're secure enough in it to go ahead and do it. Even if it's your first day, even if you're a brand new, fresh out of university employee, like if you're getting your security in Christ, then you're going to be able to walk in the room and it might be overwhelming on your first day, but you're going to be able to have the mindset of how can I help here? How can I serve these people? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I definitely talk about that pretty regularly, you know, just being of service and being a servant leader and it, as a leader, you don't have to be the head of the organization or the owner of your company, which of course, plenty of people, you know, that, that may listen in are either of those things or maybe starting something, you know, knew that they would, they, it'll be their thing. But I think it's really important that we come with that perspective in everything, right? So in our home, in our relationships and in, in our work environment, you know, and don't get me wrong. Is it always easy? No, because right. There's days where in my house, one of my kids or my husband in your, you know, like I try to come from that perspective, but let's be honest, we're all human. And sometimes it's like, ah, right. And then I have to like take a breath, step back and I have to get regrounded, recentered, you know, and maybe say a little prayer and like, okay, just let me, let me remember, right. How I want to show up in my life, how I want to show up in t- today and how I want to show up in the world. And then when I remember, right, it's out of love, it's out of service. It's like, okay. I can regroup and I can go back in right to that meeting or to making dinner, whatever it might be. And I can try to show up, like you said, like, how can I add the most value in this moment, in this environment or this project that will serve others, you know? And like you said, it's not about me, right? I mean, it is because we're all just, that's how we were created as well, but it's, it's not about me, right? So if I can put it about what I'm working on about the other people, we then find more of that fulfillment in that validation, in that service. That's right. I mean, the value that you add is going to come from who you are. So in that sense, it is a little bit about you and the gifts and personality and, and all of that that you bring to the table. But I like, we talk about this a lot in, in, in coaching where I, I want my clients to be strong and free in Christ so that they can serve others. It's not just about us feeling good about ourselves. It's because we are called to serve others. Like there's a purpose on every life. And so we need to get strong and free in Christ so that we can serve others and they're adding value is very different from coming to the table, needing value from everyone else. Like that's the contrast that we're talking about today. And I think that it's tempting to think that we can't lead or serve others unless we're in charge, 
But if it's just about the people, like we're all people, even if it's the CEO of the company and you work in the mailroom, if the mailroom even exists anymore, I don't know, like the, we're we're all people and Mm -hmm. it's a level playing field in terms of just serving the person in front of you. 100%. I just ordered a book that's coming today. I think it was only released yesterday, actually. Uh, but it's called Unreasonable Hospitality, and I'm super excited to oh, read I've it. Oh, I've heard about it. Okay. Yeah. And so I was just trying to pull up um, the author's name. I, I don't see it in front of me. But but the point is, is and I think he's uh, he's for a long time maybe worked in um, restaurants and hospitality. But I saw a short little interview on his Instagram yesterday that he's basically talking about what you exactly just said, which was if you run a company, a restaurant, whatever it is, like the best thing you can do is step back and let other people lead as well. Like he's like a lot of people think when they get to the top, like, whoa, I finally have like, maybe he didn't use the word power. Right. But like, I can finally make all the decisions, but he's like, actually a lot of times people that aren't you that are, you know, not at that level actually have really good ideas, not just your ideas. And so he was talking about that, but I I'm so excited to read the book because He's talking about this level of hospitality, right? This level of service, this level of giving in our experiences, but it also is about leadership, right? It's like, how do we lead so that that environment, that team can really thrive? And like you said, it's that at any level we're at in an organization or working with our clients, it's that we show up and realize that other people have good ideas. They're gifted in different ways. And if we are open to all that, wow, you know, the magic that can happen there for sure. So yeah, it's the same for the leader, like the, yeah. the, the person with the title in the room, the, the boss in the room, if you will, yeah. like, are they showing up to serve their team? Are they showing up to serve others or are they needing to find their value from the team? Like it goes both ways. And then I, the other thing I would just add to that is that while we can all bring value in, in an organizational setting, uh, if I'm the new person in the room, I really don't have power. The power is coming from the leader and the leader can delegate yeah. that power. And it's really great when they do just a yeah. shout out to all the leaders out there. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, right. I think the more uh, you lead, right. The bigger teams you lead, it is on those leaders to set the environment, the culture so that at any level, even if you're the new person or the intern, you, your voice is heard. It doesn't mean that you have all the ideas because you're brand new, but you actually might have this amazing outside perspective that they never thought about because they're so far removed. So I think that is a good point is it really is up to the people that have been there. So both the group and the top leaders to set right that environment up for success for sure. Yeah. And to like go back to what we were talking about before in terms of like, how do I know if I stay in an organization? If you're, if you're coming from a place of security in Christ and you're, you're trying to add value to the team, um, in a really healthy way, you're looking to serve others and it's still not working. That's when I would go. That's when, cause I feel like you, you maybe said this, like the messaging that we see, even from pastors and Christian leaders, a lot of the time aimed at millennials, I'm sure I'm a millennial is that you should stay. Don't quit your job. You should stay. But if you are serving and loving others and for whatever reason it's still not working for you that's when you that's a good time to pull back and be like what are the values of this organization what are my values what are what's what's going on like just pulling back and looking at it and going maybe this is a stepping stone or maybe i need to lean in more and see what god's gonna do yeah 
Mm, actually, I, one thing that came to mind before I jump into a, another question for you is one of my first jobs when I was in graduate school was this really small, you know, like, what would you call that? Like a uh, specialty food company, I guess. And I was more like right under the owner. I was right under him. So I was sort of like anything. I had to do anything that he didn't do. Right. But it was really like head of marketing or HR people you know, lots of things. But the struggle was he was his values and mine did not match. So he would ask me sometimes to do things or put me in situations, right, that weren't ideal. And it's like he thought nothing of it. And I was young, you know, I was like very early 20s. So I just kind of put up with it for a year. And it's just he didn't deal with people well. I mean, I think I stayed there the longest and I was there a year. Most people made it a month or two. And so that tells you something, right? But I right. kept saying because I am, like you said, I'm a very loyal person and I would feel I felt bad or guilty, like, oh, am I just being like, and I'm not an overly sensitive person. I mean, like I'm, I have a thick skin. So I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hold, I'm going to stay here. Right. I've stayed longer than I probably should have, but this is, this is not probably a good environment. Like I had to leave because it wasn't, he was not the right person for me to work with. Right. Mm -hmm. It took too many indicators. It was like, this is not okay. But like yeah. you said, it took me a while to process that and to accept that it wasn't about me quitting. It was about that this is not a, this is not aligned and it's really not appropriate. And I don't mean in a harassing type of way, but just a lot. There was not like no boundaries. Right. No yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. But anyway, so that totally went through something similar. Not that that was similar to what you went through, but I mean that whole, should I leave? Should I go? This That's is right. uncomfortable. You know, for but, and feeling like you should stay just out of loyalty. Yeah. I, for me, that's my personality. Yeah. I do see that messaging a lot. And I, I understand millennials have a reputation for like quitting early. But when I see that messaging because of my story, I'm always like, but wait, some yeah. people need to leave. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. So, so good. So I think that was one, I think your story really can help people who maybe find themselves in a situation where, you know, they're wondering if they should be leaving. I mean, I even have a friend. It's like when we talk, she has a lot of anxiety in her work environment. It's not bad. She really likes her job, but, but it's adding, it's adding all this anxiety to her life, you know, and, but she's been there so long. She doesn't want to leave. Totally. And so I'm like, well, I mean, if it's content, if it's causing like issues for you, like you might need to think about this a little bit more. Right. But I'm yeah. just saying we do, we, we do find ourselves stuck in these situations sometimes. And so I think it's a conversation we need to have more. So I'm glad we get to talk about it today. Um, so, but, but I'm glad we talked about this, but then I have a couple of questions for you just to kind of wrap up this, this segment. The first is now that you've been doing coaching for about two years, right? Give or take, what maybe is a tip or kind of something you've seen like mindset, perception, perspective, that you might share with the audience that you find is comes up the most with people, you know, so maybe some little coaching tip you might share with us. Yeah. So a lot of my clients come to me because they feel like they've checked off all the boxes, but they're still not quite satisfied with their lives in some way. You know, they've gotten married, they have kids, they've got, um, relatively successful career, whatever that looks like for them, but they're still like, it doesn't something's not quite enough. And usually when we dig down to the surface, we find that they are reaching for something. And so I'll use success as the example here. Maybe they're reaching for success because they feel like 
once they're successful, then they will be loved. And so they keep reaching for success and they keep accomplishing more and more. And so looking from the outside, you think their life is fantastic. Like they've got it made, but how they feel is that it's never enough. And so what I would say is we need to, instead of reaching for success, we want to live from purpose. And so in my own life, I just tend to have fears around finances. This is just how I roll. It's a weakness of mine. I'm working on it, I promise. But I have fears of finances. So it's very tempting for me in my coaching business to be focused entirely on, I need to make money because I need money because I don't have enough money. Like that's the narrative going on in my head. Yeah. That is a very different place to operate from and make decisions from than thinking like, I am called to help people become strong and free in Christ so that they can serve others. Those are two very different focuses Mm -hmm. and my mindset and my emotions around them are very, very different. There's way less stress when I'm living from purpose than when I'm living for success in that sense. And so I would say just sort of recognizing like, what are we reaching for? Again, kind of like we've talked about, like, are we trying to find our value or security or um, our worth in something other than God? And if we can come back to God, be secure in him, then we're going to find that as we learn who he is and who we are, we can live from purpose. And it's peaceful. It's exciting. It's an adventure. And we get to see how God makes a difference in other people's lives through ours. And that's, that's phenomenal. Mm, That is so good. That was a great example. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's uh, it's so true. It's so true because at some point, most of us or for most of our lives, people have that feeling of, like you said, like not feeling satisfied or something isn't quite And, you know, any one that um, aligns with, you know, uh, you know, our faith, at least not, not saying other people can't too, but you really realize it's like when you have that relationship, right? When you grow your faith, you see that you, it's filled in a different way, right? Like Mm -hmm. you said, are filled up in a different way and you realize to you and what's the most important, right? And it's Mm -hmm. less about any definition of success or money. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I don't. So when people are lacking that satisfaction, it's often like it's somehow the shift to purpose. Somehow that shift just allows them to. You're actually just operating from satisfaction. Like you are satisfied in Christ, mm-hmm. and so you have energy and time and peace to go and serve others in that way. I don't know if I'm answering that question very yeah, well, but no, it's, it's perfect. There's a good okay. transition there. Yeah. Yeah. So actually I have a fun question for you before we wrap okay. up. So tell us, share with us something, maybe like, what do you do in your life that just brings you like, just soup, you know, a lot of joy or you just like, just light you up that you do. Okay. One thing <laughs> I got a lot <laughs> Depending on the Sunday, watching football sometimes does that for me. Although lately, because I'm a Packers fan, it (laughs) hurts. It's just painful and it makes me angry. Um, I actually, I went, traveled home recently and it was funny. Everybody was asking me, um, oh, are you riding horses? Are you riding horses? Like I got that question a lot because back when I was working at the church, I had the ability to go riding for free twice a week. It was this crazy Mm -hmm. God-given scenario. And that was um, just like a resetting point for me. It was Mm -hmm. fantastic. But since I moved out to the mountains, that resetting point for me, which settles my anxiety and thus is like 
life-giving for me is hiking in the mountains. Mm -hmm. So I try and get out as much as I can. And I love being in the trees and just getting that exercise of climbing ever so slowly. I breathe really heavily. I'm not in great shape, but I go up the mountain and just being out by myself in nature and seeing that beauty. That for me is wonderful. I love doing that. Mm, me too. I love horses. I don't get to ride much, but I do love riding horses. And same yeah. thing. If I could be outside, I would I would almost practically live outside. You know, yeah, there you go. Be in the trees, see the sunset, all those things. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Kate, thank you so much for being with us today. Can you share with everyone how can they connect with you and learn more about what you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at Kate M. Petrie at, on Instagram, and it's katepetrie.com is my website. And then I have a podcast called Strong and Free Leaders, and that's on all the places where you can find your podcasts. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would love to hear from everybody. I, I check my DMs, send me a message. I'd love to just chat with you, meet you. Happy to chat with anybody. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I hope you got something out of this conversation with Kate. I love that she shared her story and was willing to be vulnerable and honest about what she went through. And I think a couple of the takeaways are that we truly need to know who it is we are, who God's made us to be. We need to know what our purpose is, right? What's our mission in this lifetime before we think about, are we being you know, um, honored? Are we being respected and sort of appreciated at work? Are we fitting into the environment? Those things are all important and that we always have a choice. We can change something or try to change something. We can accept it or we can leave it, right? We can decide to do something different. I think that's super important. Earlier, I brought up a book or a person that talked about shadow careers and that person was actually Tim Grawl. One of his books is called Running Down a Dream. But he, he's the one that talks about sometimes we find out that we're working in a job that's parallel to what we're really called to step into. But often it's fear and worry or stories of telling ourselves that we're not enough. So he actually worked with a lot of people in publishing to help with them with their online needs and their marketing needs. But really, he felt that call to write himself, not just to support writers. So that was the example that I was referring to earlier that I think is really important to make sure if we find ourselves thinking, gosh, I like this type of work, but it doesn't seem to fit me. Maybe you need to look to the left and look to the right and see what are similar jobs that I could use this skill set that I feel so passionate about, but use it in a different way or use it towards something that fits my life or lifestyle better. For instance, if you homeschool your children, you might want or need a job where you're more available or at home and you can do remote. Well, being a pastor would be a really hard job to do remote for the most part. And so maybe it's something else, right, that you can do that you can still support and serve people in a new way. So I hope you got a lot out of today's conversation. I think it was really meaningful and I think it brought to light a lot of important things we should be considering. And if you enjoyed the conversation with Kate on my other podcast, Faith Fueled Woman, I also interview her and we dig a lot deeper into how do we um, really understand how God's time trying to change our heart, make a change in us so that we truly become who he wants us to be. So check that out if that's of interest and you'd like to hear a longer and a different conversation that I had with Kate. 
Thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could leave an Apple review and rating because it helps other people find us and grow the show. Also, we would love for you to check out the website, kristenfitch.com, where you can check out all sorts of free resources, goodies, and ways that you can work with me. Until next time, I hope you have a beautiful day.